Welcome to the Able Speaks podcast, where we speak to commonly asked questions by parents who have received a life-limiting diagnosis for their child. We're Daniel and Kelly Crawford, and we're glad that you've joined us. All right, welcome to the Able Speaks podcast. And today, uh, we're joined by a special friend of ours who uh, was our pastor as we got plugged in and moved and started our life in Dallas shortly after we got married. Uh, was a pastor at Watermark Church for 22 years and yes, remains sir. just a close friend and confidant of ours. Uh, we're joined by Todd Wagner. Thanks for being here, brother. Hello. How is everybody out there on the Abel Still Speaks podcast? That's right. We're, uh, <laughs> we're living large. It's still good. It's good to see both of you guys. <laughs> and so, um, man, today uh, we're going we're gonna to try and, and uh, make use of this time where this won't be the only episode you're on, but we thought it would be incredibly fitting for you to be on this episode where uh, we're going to speak to the question that we get asked sometimes by parents uh, just very vulnerably of what was it like um, when Abel died? Hmm. Uh, what was it like the moment that your child passed away? And so um, the last person this side of eternity that spent time with Abel, other than Kelly and I, was you. Mm. And so we uh, are glad that you're here. Well, it was for a, your time. a privilege to be with you then. And you know I always love to be with you now. So Yes. All right. Well, for a little bit of context, um, yeah, it was uh, day 14 of our time with Abel, and we had gone uh, back into the hospital to just run some more tests as uh, Abel's body was um, struggling in some different ways. And uh, at that time became clear um, that we were um, looking at our final hours with him. And so we saw fit to um, check out, take him home with us one more time. And, um, you know, it was probably one, two in the morning and uh, had reached out to you in the middle of the night. And uh, like the faithful friend that you are, you came and you came with us to comfort us, to pray with us and to be with us uh, in some of those final, final moments. And so, um, Kelly, would you speak first just to some reflections and just some memories of that, um, of that occasion? Yeah, I think, um, well, first, just parents ask us this all the time. <clears throat> and um, I think they do it with like trepidation um, and just... Um, kindness usually of like, this is probably hard to talk about, but for us, um, it is hard to talk about, but it's also something that for, we just want to be a resource to people. And it is something that weighs on your mind when this is the circumstance that you're facing. And so, um, if you guys reach out to us, know that we are always open to, um, talk through anything, including, um, one of the, um, hardest aspects of our life. I mean, that day felt, it feels like an out-of-body experience in a lot of ways um, and uh, felt still a little bit, it still feels a little like foggy and hazy of exactly how the time unfolded in the last few hours. But um, I think when you came, Todd, I think what I remember feeling the most was, um, and surprised by, was that I didn't feel scared. Um, and I think that's just because you came in and, um, I remember you saying, have you ever seen someone die? And I said, no. Um, and so you just kind of talked with us through what that is like, that experience. Um, and I remember feeling after, I don't even remember all the words that you shared, but I remember feeling after you were done talking, like, okay, I'm not scared of this moment. 
Um, and I also remember um, us talking about, and it was true that that moment that Abel died was the worst moment of my life and the best moment of his. And so I think um, because of all of that and you sharing with us on the front end, I think that moment didn't feel um, scary, which I think is what a lot of people anticipate. Um, it was obviously still um, very difficult and very hard. Um, but I think in a very real, tangible way, we were processing, man, what is able experiencing right now, you know? Um, and so I think for us, um, that made it feel possible to take the next step forward. And so, man, in your uh, being present with us in that moment and on that evening, uh, as well as other situations, just speaking speaking pastorally and just tenderly to folks that are processing this and knowing that this might be on the journey that lies ahead for for them. You know, what have you experienced? What would you What would you share? What would you leave them with? Was well, it interesting, Kelly? Even as you were visiting, just stepping back into that moment and uh, being with you all, I think. You know, it's funny in, in each each of our different roles. I mean, one of the things I was I was really curious to go. This is what you said, and and it's amazing. You know how vivid those words and those moments were to you. I I would just say maybe even to family members listening to this, you don't have to worry that you have the perfect thing to say. Now, certainly, if you're going to say something, make sure that you are speaking from truth that you can rely on, and not feelings, and not just you know, kind of like. Uh, I, I love the story when Peter's on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. <laughs> and and it, it literally says in there, Peter, not knowing what to say, said. And, <laughs> and so I think a lot of us do that. We get in there, we over-talk and uh, try and provide profound answers that are going to be this magic you know, balm to folks in a particular moment. I want to tell you, honestly, just being present and, and uh, compassionate and mourning with those who mourn is a huge part of this. But there are words that are true. And and like Paul says in, in 1 Thessalonians, we should comfort one another with these words. And and so it was interesting even to hear what you just said. You reminded me, you know, God sometimes gives us little words that that are, hey, this is this is sad for us. But, you know, as a mom who loves your boy and as a dad who loves your son, um, this is this is the most wonderful moment. Your son's about to meet the fullness of the God who created him and ordained for him every one of just those days. Here's what I would offer to folks that are listening. One of the things that Kelly and Daniel did a really good job of is they did not wait. And if you are, that's okay. But if you're listening to this, the sooner you start to wrestle with ultimate questions, and, and I would say the most important question you can wrestle with is who is the God that's behind the design of this universe? And, and you need to know that that part of his design was not that you would ever say goodbye to children. And, and the reason we say goodbye to children is because at one point, our species, humans, made in the image of God, made to have fellowship with God, said goodbye to God. And so when you leave the God who is light and love and life, you get darkness, war and hatred and death. And... You know, every one of us in some form makes those decisions at a different time to believe that our way is the best way. 
And so we live in a world, even those of us that have been reconciled to God, we have a, we live in a world that is not yet the world as God intends it. And he leaves us here in a world still racked with death and despair to be agents of hope, right? And that's why we still grieve, you know, because even when Jesus entered into this world, when God himself became incarnate, he was here and he wept at the loss of friends. He wept at graves. Uh, and we're glad God wept. He didn't weep because of his inability to do something about it. He wept because this was not what he intended. And so he did something about it to rescue us. The problem, right, is that he rescued us from the ultimate victory of death, but not the reality still of physical temporal death. But but Abel, you know, uh, Abel is alive, right? And so in some ways, Abel was more alive than he ever was. But that didn't mean that we should just rejoice, right? I mean, part of... The expense of loving is when you love something that you lose, right? You care deeply about it, right? You, you look for things that you want that are able to be found. And we don't have to look because Jesus has told us where we think Abel is, where we know Abel is based on the, the character of our God. While we would have loved to have been a heavenly when I, an expression of the heavenly father to Abel and an expression of God's love as a mother to that child, uh, when he was done with using the shadow of our love of his, it's time to release those kids back. So I think that day we just sat together. We read some scripture, or I, I think I shared with you some scripture. We prayed. We reminded ourselves of what we knew that was true. And then we, we grieved and rested in God's goodness together. And apart from that, I mean, it really is. Um, it's hard to give counsel to somebody that can't find comfort in what I think is the only true source of comfort mm -hmm. that's out there. Yeah, I think that um, I remember you. We you came in and you said, "Have you guys read um, very much scripture to Abel?" And I thought, oh, "We haven't." <laughs> um, and so, to any parents out there, uh, you should do that um, during. The time that you have with your child. Um, but I was like, we really didn't that very often just because we were going to appointments and trying to get friends and family to get to spend time with him and all of those things. So uh, when you came in and um, did read scripture over him and over us, it was such a gift. Here's what I want parents to know in that moment, okay, how everybody grieves is how everybody grieves. All right. And I think what you want to make sure you do, though, is you don't ever use your grief as an excuse to um, move away from uh, that which is going to be ultimately a source of life to you. It's okay to have genuine um, feelings that, that are across the gambit, right? You don't, uh, but I, I just, I think what I would say is make sure you don't give yourself permission to stop listening and being guided by what is um, greater than the moment. When we get lost in a moment, I think we're really lost. And what you want to do is, in, in those kind of situations, I was just there, I think, really, uh, to just, as kindly as I could, just remind you of what I think you guys already know and what you already knew. Yeah. Amen, brother. Any final thoughts, Kel? Yeah, I think that um, for us, as, as I said earlier, um, it did bring a lot of peace to us to um, have you come and remind us of truth by reading God's word to us and praying with us. Um, and I think that 
knowing that Abel was in the presence of his creator yeah. was the only way we could take the next breath and then the next one. And so um, to people, you know, listening, um, they oft, people often ask, how, how did you do it? How, especially the first month or the first two months after passing. And I um, mean, it was one moment at a time, but I think knowing that um, Abel wasn't sad, even though we were, um, was like the only thing that brought peace and like hope. Hey friends, thanks for listening in. We hope this content has been helpful. At Able Speaks, we exist to support families who have chosen to carry a child with a life-limiting diagnosis, and we want you to know that the foundation of that support is rooted in relationships. And so if you're a parent in this circumstance, then by all means, continue listening in, but we'd really encourage you to reach out by sending an email to support at ablespeaks.org. Again, our heartfelt prayer is that this episode has served you in some way and that we might have the opportunity to serve you further in the future. The Able Speaks podcast is produced, mixed, and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose.